If you have a Bible with you, you may like to turn to 1 John 3, which is the passage that Lucy uh, read. Also, the the verses, as I'm going to talk about them, will be coming up on the screen behind me. In 2021, so just a year ago, Sergeant Alwyn Cash was awarded the Medal of Honor. The Medal of Honor is the highest military award that you can get in the United States. It's the equivalent of the Victoria Cross over here in the UK. It had been 16 years since he had died from injuries on the battlefield. He'd been involved in a patrol in Iraq, which was supposed to be just a routine patrol, except that night a sandstorm blew across the path. They had to slow to almost a crawl in their vehicles and not able to see far in front of them. The first vehicle, the vehicle where Sergeant Alwyn Cash was, hit an IED and was put on fire. That was followed by an ambush from the forces that they were fighting. That night, he pulled six of his comrades from the burning vehicle, going back again and again and again, ending up with 70% burns, the injuries from which he died just a few days later. Why did he do it? Why did he not just get out of the vehicle and sit by the side of the road or run to one of the other vehicles where it might have been safer? Why did he go back again and again and again? This is what his sister said. He did it out of pure love for his boys. He did it out of love. What is love? That's the question we're asking on these three weeks. We looked last week at the nature of love from 1 Corinthians 13. We saw that love was good, that love was not selfish, that love was not fluffy, and that love sticks it out. It keeps on going. So that's the nature of love from 1 Corinthians 13. Today, we're going to look at the action of love from 1 John 3, verses 16 to 18. What does love look like in action. And as we do that, I want you to bear two things in mind. I said that this last week. I want you to bear in mind this question. What can we learn about love that we can put into practice in our lives? There is an application to us. What can we learn about what love is and how might that change the way we act towards others? Uh, That may be towards our husband or wife or towards our kids or parents, towards our friends. Or the Bible says, actually, we're to love everyone, so it could be to anyone. How is it going to change the way we love towards other people? So that's kind of one line of thinking as we go through this. But here's another line of thinking. What can we learn about God as we think about love? In the Bible, God says God is love. So as we think of what love is, we're actually thinking about who God is. So what can we learn about love to put into practice in our lives, but what can we learn about God as we look at love? 
So have those two thoughts in your mind as we go through. What is love? What does it look like? What is the action of love? Well, the first thing from this passage is love is sacrificial. Love is sacrificial. 1 John 3, verse 16 says this, By this we know love. Here is the picture of love. That he, and the he here is Jesus, that Jesus laid down his life for us. This is love, John says. This is what love looks like in action. Jesus giving everything. That's what it means, doesn't it, when he laid down his life. This is Jesus giving everything. In John 15, verse 13, Jesus said these words, you may know them, you may have seen them on a war memorial. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. There's no greater love that you can show than giving your life. Why? Because when you give your life, you've given everything. Imagine this. You were someone in need, And so I decided to give you all of the money I have. So I come with a check for all the money that I have. No, we do bank transfers down, don't we? I do a bank transfer, direct to your bank account, all the money I have. Have I given you everything? No. Okay, let let me rephrase it. I give you all the money I have and all the clothes I have. Have I given you everything? No. I give you all the money I have, all the clothes I have, all the possessions I have. Have I given you everything? No. I even give you my house. Have I given you everything? No. I haven't given you everything until I've given you me, myself, my life. When Jesus showed his sacrificial love, he gave everything. He gave his life on the cross. So John says, if you want to know what love looks like, look at Jesus giving everything. But he goes further than that. Look at Jesus giving everything for us. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Paul picks this up in Romans 5. And he says this, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. What he means there is, it's it's not that common that somebody is willing to die for someone else. But it might happen if that someone else is a really good person. Or that someone else was a really special person to them. There is something about that person that, that made them want to give their life for them. That's kind of what he's saying. But then he goes on, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, the Bible tells us that God made the world and God made the world perfect and that people were part of that world. The first people, Adam and Eve, were part of that world. And they were perfect and they were made to know God and to live with him. But then one day they decided 
that they didn't like God's rules anymore. And they wanted to determine what was right and wrong. They wanted to set the rules. They wanted to be independent of God and say, this is how we want to live. We no longer want to live your way. That's kind of the, the heart of sin. It's rebellion against God's rule. You might describe it as this. Adam and Eve shook their fist in God's face and said, no, we no longer want to live your way. We want to live our way. And the result was that they were separated from God. And the whole of humanity, including us, fell into sin. And ever since that point, every person who's been born has lived in that kind of heart space of rebellion against God. Even religious people have lived in that heart space of rebellion against God. And Paul says this, God demonstrated his his love, not just that he gave Christ to die, but he gave Christ to die for rebellious sinners like you and me. He gave Christ to die for those who were shaking their fists in his face. Those who didn't want to listen to him, those who didn't want to follow him, those who wanted to do life their own way and rejected his place as king. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to imagine that you've gone to a livestock auction. Not, not many of you have been to a livestock auction. Some of you have. But just there's a, a great big warehouse full of animals. And in the furthest corner of this kind of warehouse area it is a, a little cubicle, and inside it is the mangiest, oldest donkey you have ever seen. It is ugly, and it is horrible. And eventually it comes time to sell this donkey. And if you're the auctioneer, you're probably thinking, I've got to pay people to take this donkey away. No one's going to take it from me. But there's somebody in the crowd who starts bidding and keeps on bidding, even though there's no one bidding against them. They keep on bidding. And it ends up they spend £12 million on this donkey. Now, you're looking on and you think, that's crazy. Why would they give such a big price for this horrible, mangy donkey? The cross is crazy. Why would God give such a big price, his son, for sinners like you and me? Love is sacrificial. If you want to see love, look at Jesus on the cross. If we want to love, we need to be ready to give our lives as Jesus did. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Where does John go next? And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Now there's a a, a direct application here. John is principally here talking about Christians and how Christians should be in their life and be in the church. And he's saying in the church, as part of the family of God, other Christians are your brothers and sisters and you should be willing to give your lives for them. 
You should be willing to die for them. That's how much you should love your brothers and sisters. But as I said, the Bible also tells us we're to love everyone. So there's a general application here too. Do we love? Do we love people? How do we know if we really love people? Are you willing to die for them? Are you willing to give your life? Love is sacrificial. Secondly, love is compassionate. Love is compassionate. Verse 17, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Here's the situation. There's someone in need. There's someone who's starving. There's someone who's hurting. And love, what does love do? Love fills their pain. Love doesn't shut the heart to them. Love fills their pain. That's how Jesus was as he walked on this, on this earth. One of the, the stories of Jesus that I love is, is when he turns up at a town called Nain. His disciples are there and, and as they're just walking through, this great crowd comes out of the town. And in the crowd, at the center of it, is a, a, a woman, a widow, whose only son has died He's kind of there in the coffin being taken out to be buried. And the Bible tells us when the Lord saw her, when Jesus saw her, he had compassion on her. His heart went out to her. And he said to her, do not weep. Jesus felt that woman's pain. I don't know if you've had that situation. You're, you're watching a television program and it's on, on a channel that has adverts. Or, or maybe you're trying to watch a YouTube video and the adverts come in the, the beginning or in the middle. And the advert is for a relief agency working in a, a land far away uh, uh, among people who are really needy or maybe working in this country among children or, or others who are struggling and suffering. And the pictures on your screen are of hurting people. I think of some of the, the pictures that get shown of, of children in Africa who are starving. And the words remind you that people are finding it really tough in this world. And that if you gave, it would make a huge difference. You ever seen those adverts on the TV or on YouTube? What, what do you do when that happens? It starts to tug at your heartstrings, doesn't it? But how often are you a bit like me and you don't have time to have your heart tugged and you're not in the right place to, to feel someone else's pain? So if you're on YouTube, you do the skip ad or, or if you're on um, ITV, you swap the channel or when the program eventually comes on, you push that advert as far as you can out of your mind and distract yourself from it. It's easy, isn't it, to close our heart to the pain of others. But Jesus didn't. He felt people's pain. 
But he didn't just feel their pain, he did what he could to help. So in that story, as Jesus is outside the town of Nain, what happens next? He says to the woman, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the buyer and the bearer stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Jesus did something about that situation. Jesus raised this boy up from the dead and restored him to his mother. Now, that's not something necessarily that we can do, but we have other things that we're able to do. John says here, if you have the world's goods, and we have plenty of the world's goods, and you see a brother in need, don't close your heart against him, but help him with what you have. Don't just feel their pain, but help them in their need. Some of you would have heard of a a charity called Caring for Life. It works up in Leeds, um, and it's set up to help vulnerable adults to home them and to help them in life, to give them skills as a farm there where they can go and work and and learn for short term or or for long term. I remember hearing the story of how that charity began. It began with a lady called Esther who was working in a children's home. And at that time, it might be similar today, but at that time, when you were in care and came to the age of 16, you moved out of the care sector and the care system for children. But it wasn't until you were 18 that you moved into the care setup for adults. And so there seemed to be this two-year gap where people would sort of fall through the net and there was a real need to help them. And so she brought that need to her pastor and she brought that need to the church and asked them to pray. And so they did. And they recognized that there was a problem. But then one day she took it a bit further. And she came to the pastor and said, okay, you're praying, you've recognized there's a problem. What are you going to do about it? And out of that, caring for life came into being. See, it's not just about feeling someone's pain or feeling for people in their suffering. But if we love them, we will do what we can to help them. I think John is really helpful for us here. He says, if anyone has the world's goods, there's a recognition we can't do everything and not all of us are equipped in the same way to help people in need. But we need to be willing to use what we have in order to help people if we want to love them in our life. Love is compassionate. If we want to love, we need to be ready to show compassion by feeling people's pain and helping them in their lives. Just just think of this for a moment. God is ready to show you compassion. Isn't that amazing? God saw our need. What's our need? The need of our sin. And he showed compassion by sending Jesus to die for our sin. God sees the needs in our life each day and he's there to help us. Are we ready to show compassion to others? To open up our hearts? What about a parent 
who's struggling with their children? Are we ready to show compassion, to feel their pain, spend time with them, pray with them, and help them? What about a child going through trauma? I don't know if Park Lane's the only one this week, but they have their anti-bullying week, and it's Odd Socks Day tomorrow at Park Lane. I don't know if that's the same at AJS and, and New Road 2 and Coates. A child that's being bullied. There's a child in your class at school that's being bullied. Are you willing to feel their pain and show compassion by standing with them, maybe being the only one who's a friend? to them are we willing to love with compassion so love is sacrificial love is compassionate and then thirdly love is action love is action verse 18 little children let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth let us not just love in word or talk but in deed and in truth Now look, this doesn't mean that words don't matter. So we look at the Bible. The Bible is full of words that tell us God loves us. They're full of words. And if we understand as we do that the Bible is God's word to us, even though someone else is writing this about God, it is God telling us about himself. The Bible is full of words that tell us God loves us. So 1 Chronicles 16, verse 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. In the book of Romans, on two occasions, Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit, who lives inside every believer, tells us that God loves us. We're told he pours out God's love into our hearts. And then another point, he testifies to the truth that we are children of God. Both of those are in effect. The Holy Spirit telling us that God loves us. Words are important. And what we say matters. If you're a parent here... It matters to your child that you tell them you love them. If you never tell them you love them, your child is still left wondering. Husbands and wife, it it matters that you tell your husband or wife that you love them. Words are important. John is not saying here, don't tell people you love them. What he's saying here is don't tell people you love them And don't do anything about it. Don't just leave it as a four-letter word. Make sure it's lived out in your life. Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And we see the same with God's love. He tells us he loves us, but the Bible is also full of the demonstration of God's love for us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world. Does it say that he put a big sign in the sky saying, I love you? No. That he sent us a card saying, I love you? No. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have 
eternal life. God demonstrated he loves in action. And he loves in action to us today. That action of the cross, which still applies today as we come to faith in Jesus, we don't perish, but we receive eternal life. But also each day as he watches over us and cares for us. When you imagine after this service, someone comes up to you, and opens up and tells you that this last week they lost their job. They've been living hand to mouth for the last few months, so losing their job means they've got no money for food. And at the end of this week, it's likely that they'll be evicted if they can't pay their rent. Can you imagine if you just say, well, thank you for telling me that. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know everyone here loves you. And then you get up and you go and chat with someone else. Is that love? No, love is words and action. God shows us that in the way he loves us. If we want to love, we need to be ready to do something about it. This is where love gets difficult, isn't it? There there is an ease to put in a heart emoji at the end of a text. Or or even write in a card to say, I love you. There's an ease about doing that, but it's quite something else to put it into practice. That when you're tired at night, but you get a phone call, and you go out, and you help someone. When you're feeling rotten, and you're just down with the world, but, but someone needs your help and you do it. Where do you look in those times? I know where I should look. I should look to God. I should look at how he loves me. A love which is not just words. It's Jesus on the cross. Love is sacrificial. Love is compassionate. Love is action. Let me remind you, there are two ways that we can take this. Two ways that we can look at this. One is an encouragement to help for us in loving others. That we don't stop at words with the people around us. But that we seek and ask from God for a love that's willing to give sacrificially. That is compassionate and leads to action in our lives. So it's one way we can kind of take the message of these words, and and that's legitimate, and we should be doing that. But what about the other way? What does this teach us about God? What does this show us about the reality of God's love for you and me? I think it shows us this, that God's love is so deep that he doesn't give up on us. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loves us so much that if we come to him, he will receive us, whoever we are. 
And the proof of that is that he was willing to give his son to die, to open the way to heaven. God loves us so much that if we trust in Jesus, he will forgive our sins. It's a lovely picture in the Old Testament that God takes our sins and throws them into the depths of the ocean. And you know, if you, if you throw something into the depth of the ocean, it's not going to be found. And that's the picture there. He throws them into the depth of the ocean. He loves us so much that if we come and trust in Jesus, he will forgive us our sins and welcome us into it an eternity of knowing him and enjoying him. Will you come? Will you come and receive that love from God? How? By repenting of your sin. That means you recognize that you've not lived God's way and you turn around and commit your life to following him and trusting that Jesus is the only way. If you want to know more, you have one more week on this. Love is more than a kiss. I know I said that for this week. I changed it. It's next week. Love is more, more than a kiss. Why not come along next week? But also, why not speak to me or someone else that you know here in the church? We want to tell you of God's amazing love for you. We want to tell you what he's done for you in Jesus and how you can know him for yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for love. We thank you for what your Bible teaches us about love. And we do ask that you would help us to love more sacrificially, to love with compassion, to put words into action and know how to do that and how we can do that in our lives. But more than that, we pray that you would show us the depth and the width and the the amazing reality of your love for us. That you, God, are love. Sacrificial love. Giving yourself for us. Compassionate love that you care for us. And a love that acts in the cross day by day and in the future bringing us into an eternity with Jesus. Show us yourself, we pray. Amen.